Yeah. Mm. 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 Now we're talking. Are you feeling your debt more as the Christmas season approaches? <laughs> uh, yeah, very much so. I was lucky. I got one job that came perfectly. So that feels good. Congrats. I just have to, to invoice. We finished it yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. What's today? Is today Saturday? It is. We shot Wednesday and Thursday. So it's over. I got to do it with Mr. Sean Kirkland, which was a total blast, as it always is. I and it was our guy. first time actually working together super closely outside of the Marshmallow Project. Look at that. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. And the whole would time. Would you say that the Marshmallow Project prepared you guys for success? I would say it definitely prepared us for success. We knew how to work with each other. It, I, don't, it was, I don't think I sent sweet. anything out, but like we just passed the one year anniversary of that last month, now two months ago, and it oh seems like goodness. it wasn't that long ago, but it was. It was last October. Yeah. And I was gonna send out like a whole, you know, thank you, blah blah. But I, I feel like people are pretty tired of my sentimentality I'm in not. general. I love uh, it. But it makes me happy that uh, that you guys got to work together again and probably be paid. Yes, definitely be paid. It, it, it's nice. My other gig canceled. The guy knew for like, this is, sh- sh- this let's is hear ridiculous. It. Let's hear it. Let's have it. This, this, is, man. A, this is a recap episode. <laughs> we don't have a, a, a firm With, agenda, really. Yeah. This man had knowledge of me not being on this project for two weeks. And we kept playing phone tag, right? So he would call. And he's not the kind of guy who's like, hey, I'll call you at 12. Does that work? He just randomly calls. And every time he called, I was always on the phone. And I would always try and text him, hey, I'll be off the phone in five minutes. I will call you right back. So I get off my my other business call, and I call him. Doesn't answer. Doesn't text back. And I don't hear from him for like three days. And he calls again when I'm on the phone. I'm always like, seriously, like, you have the worst timing ever. But he was calling so, to, to release you. He was calling strictly. So we finally work out a time. He texts me like, hey, uh, can we chat today? And I said, no, I'm on a shoot from 1030 till 1230 at night. Like, I won't be able to respond because we are working, like, really hard to make sure we get this done. Can I call you tomorrow? And he just says, yep. So then I call him yesterday, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, hey, I just wanted to call you and say we can no longer afford a second cam op. And I was just like, like two, I appreciate you telling tag. me in, like, in, not in person, but at least you know yeah, on, on the, the phone. phone. It's better that than was a very text, kind of you. Yeah, but you couldn't say, hey, you know that gig that you had where it was three days of work of, you know, it had been a pretty good paycheck, and you were kind of counting on that? Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. And he was just so blunt and so quick with it. I was just like, oh, wait, wait, I don't know how to feel. Give me a second to react, please. He just bashed me. It was just boom, 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 boom. I had a phone call yesterday, and for me to have a phone call, yeah. it takes a little bit of coordination because I've got Luca most of the time. Jesse's working full-time. I'm mostly full-time yeah. dadding. And so to have a phone call, I can't – even if I'm like, well, he should be napping from you know 11 to 1 – yeah. By scheduling a phone call in there, I am guaranteeing that he will not nap. Like the <laughs> the, the laws of jinx apply. <laughs> but um I this company calls and they're 
a legit company, and I, I did a little bit of research on them. They're they've got some good funding, um, mm-hmm. and they're making this announcement video. And uh, so I, I set aside the time. Jesse takes off work and moves her stuff around so that she can watch Luca during this call. And I sit down for this call, and I'm having fun. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a service that resonates with me. It's exciting. I'm asking questions. I'm feeling it and throwing some options out there. Um, not pricing options, but like, you know, we could do a video like this. We could do like, you know, shoot this and turn it into four videos. Stuff. That yeah. yeah. And and they're just pulling ideas out of me. It's awesome. And then we get to the very end and I ask the question that I typically ask in the beginning, but I I decided to forego starting with it to to allow creativity. To be, yeah, uh, and then you hit them the with the business. They understand why just, they have to pay you. What is your budget, roughly? Oh, and, no, 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 no. And they responded with what always sounds like a good answer, but it's the worst answer, which is... <laughs> I'm, I'm asking if you, oh, you're if asking you can finish me? my sentence. What okay, is, say what it is again. The set me up again. Set me up again. You say, hey, what is the budget? And then they say... We don't have a budget. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you charge? Oh, no. But, okay, we don't have a budget. They're going with the free. Usually, they play that game of... I, I like they say that to say like oh we don't know what video costs we don't have a budget in mind it's not like okay, they so have yeah okay so I'm so on the right sounds track. I'm like on the right good. track yeah and yeah. typically when people say that like oh it means they don't we, know we, numbers <laughs> right but when they say we don't have a budget as a joke I say well would fifty thousand dollars work ha 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 that uh, way they could yeah, be like yeah. oh okay yeah um but instead they said um. We don't have a budget, to which I said, like, well, are you thinking somewhere in, like, the 5000 or, like, the 10000 range? Uh, and they said, oh, we're thinking more, like, no more than $500. Yeah, those are my people. And I was like, <laughs> this phone call, this yeah. phone call, I feel like, was worth more than Dude, that. That is the number. When someone recently asked me if I would do a project, and it was a couple days shoot, so like, hey, like we don't have a big budget, but what would be a no go for you? And I was just like, if they're offering five hundred dollars, that's a no go for me. So that's hysterical that they said. I don't know what it is about five hundred, but everyone's like, how about five big ones? How would that work for you? Oh, and the five would cover a shoot in a town that's about two hours away. Woo! It would also cover animation. And oh, no. all of the post production. Good lord. So man. this isn't just like camera operation. Yeah. For a half day. This was <sighs> It's ridiculous. This We're... industry is ridiculous. No one has it harder than we do. I uh, well, there's one guy that I think had it harder than us. Who's that? So, Sean, I don't know if you know this, but back when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. There was this story that all the prisoners used to tell, and this man was this uh, – he was sort of a local legend inside the prison. And, you know, back in the day, he used to be this conductor of a youth orchestra. And he had a – you know, he had a heavy temper, and he had trouble controlling it, and sometimes he would violently lash out. Good well, qualifications for the director great, of a youth yeah, exactly, orchestra. exactly, for a youth orchestra. So one day during rehearsal – his uh, first violin player was playing out of tune for no reason. And the conductor. Other than they didn't tune it. Other than they didn't tune it, which is ridiculous. You are in a youth orchestra, okay? This is, 
This is as professional as it gets. So the conductor gets angry and he kicked the violin player so hard that he killed him. Now, the conductor was convicted and sentenced to death. And in prison, you know, you're offered your last meal. So the conductor ordered a dozen bananas. And, you know, the guard is a bit perplexed, but, you know, it's his last meal, whatever. Give the man what he wants, you know? So the conductor <laughs> eats his bananas and goes on his way to the chair. They turn on the juice, they let him fry, but the conductor lived. Now, Sean, in this particular place, if you live through an execution, you're set free. So the conductor goes back to what he does best, conducting. Now, although he goes through jail, hopefully reformation, it doesn't work, and his violence lives on. So on another fateful day, the last chair flutist just couldn't play. And the conductor gets so fed up that he throws a music stand at her. It kills her. Now moving forward to death row again. He has the same prison guard who was looking after his last meal. Again, he ordered 12 bananas. Now the guard is just super puzzled, but he goes ahead and fills the order. Not only that, but the conductor lives through another electric chair. So for the my third, word, my word, this man is insane. So the conductor goes back to his youth orchestra, and everyone's slightly afraid of him. No one wants to do anything that causes any trouble. Yeah, no Ex one wants to be killed. No one wants to be killed, except Sean. There's a snare drummer. Uh oh. And his only crime is that he's playing a little loud. So the conductor throws his baton at the poor drummer. Bam! Right in the eye. Falls dead. Kills him, wow. Kills him, again. So where does the conductor go? Back death row? to jail. Back oh. to jail. So, on death row, one more time. The conductor is asked, all right, what, you know, what do you want for your last meal? And he says, give me a dozen bananas. But the guard couldn't take it anymore. He says, yeah, I've given you three last meals. Each time you ordered 12 bananas. I've never seen anyone live through the electric chair. Do, do the bananas help that? The conductor looked up from his seventh banana and replied, no, I just really like bananas. The guard was shocked. Then how do you keep living through the electric chair? Because I'm a bad conductor. <laughs> there you go. How's that? That's, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> I, I loved that so much. I knew you would, Sean. Though I wish it would have just stopped it because I really like bananas. Bananas, I know. And then but we no. didn't get the bad conductor punchline. <laughs> it, would, it would have also been very on brand for our podcast if 100%. it stopped at any number of points the, during that. <laughs> the weakest of the week, man. Also, Sean, do you want to hear me count one, two, one hundred? No. No? Are you okay. sure? Okay, David, will you count 1 to 100? 1, 
two, one hundred. Nice. You like that? I found a bunch of one hundred jokes because this is a special episode. Oh, that's right. Today <laughs> yeah, is our one hundredth right. episode. A hundred in, Sean. You know, Did you, you really ever think we'd make it this far? You really should have told that conductor story where you kept describing him being on death row until it was the 100th time. <laughs> <laughs> Just full-on describe, like, and turns oh out the my. tympanist used the wrong mallet, so he killed him. <laughs> The French hornist. I'll just go to my knowledge of our video shoot for yeah. the St. Louis Symphony. The euphonium Symphony. had a dent, so we <laughs> killed him. <laughs> the head violinist looked too much like a diehard villain. So <laughs> we took him down. <laughs> we killed her. So we he kept playing the same song over and over because he wanted a good recording from the audio man. Yeah. That's a true story. Yeah, we were there. Sylvia or Silvio. Sylvian. Sylvian. Wow, I was way off. Yeah. That sounds like a chemical, right? Sylvian? It sounds like a light bulb company. <laughs> Is it a light bulb company? I think it's a light bulb company. <laughs> you know what's Oddly it? specific. I don't I don't know how how many other people can relate to this other than videographers and video editors, but we spend so much time staring at the same people for weeks on end that's very true and i feel like with the symphony as an example with with sylvian yeah i stared at sylvian and listened <laughs> to his performance hundreds of times yeah and just again and again and listened to every conversation he had again and again to to pick it out uh, to, to pick out the best pieces and edit it and trim it and you know patch things and after that, you have this connection with yeah. these people that they absolutely don't have with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because it, it absolutely lends to my social experience as a producer where my second video that I do with, with a client, I come in so jovial and like I, I feel a genuine closeness to these people because I have just poured over their mannerisms and yeah. you know their inflection, and I've hung on their words as they've explained what they do again and again and again and again, and they have not had any interaction <laughs> with me in the months between our projects, and so yeah, it's always an interesting like I've been told like oh you're very very friendly, and I'm like well that's because we know each other so well. <laughs> It, <laughs> we had late nights and slumber parties together. It's so true. You're stuck editing these same people. And there's this this study that I read about that when you meet a new person, if you stare at them without breaking eye contact for 10 minutes straight, you just lock down into each other. You have an out-of-body experience. Not only that, you see every flaw in that person. Or every odd mark that they have on their body, you notice everything about them. You see every youth musician they've you murdered. See, yeah. <laughs> you see their sordid past. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's what we go through as editors. Is we are locked in with this person for months. And you're right. They become our friends to where it's just like, 
Oh, remember this one line that he said? It's so funny. And we start quoting them. We start saying their lines. We say it to other people and they don't get the reference. And it's true. You build this strange connection to this person that has no idea who you are. Sometimes you don't even meet them if you're just a freelance editor. But you just know these people to the T. And it's so awkward. I had to edit some footage of a comedian um, for a, a charity gala that I was – they had had a bunch of stuff submitted virtually, and then I Who's chopped it together. charity gala? Uh, it was the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Whoa. Are they gladiators? Uh, no. They have irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> what? You never heard of the irritable bowel syndrome gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel that Russell just couldn't get made. <laughs> Gladiator 2, IBS. <laughs> IBD. Uh, oh, yeah. is it IBD? The irritable bowel disorder, I believe, is right. Okay. Irritable yep. disease. Close. Gladiator 2. IBD. IBD. That's good. Look at that. <laughs> but, uh... So, yeah, it was for the, uh, yeah, but the bowels. This comedian who filmed herself, and I had to go through and sort of tweak some things and, like... Just her delivery and her inflection it was really, really good. Yeah. And I ended up sending her an email. I'm like, hey, you don't know who I am, but I'm the editor who's working on that thing you submitted uh, to the people with irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. And uh, and it, you're hilarious. And it's like, it's very good. But she sent back a great email and it was nice. But it was one of those things of like, I feel this total per- – like if I saw her on TV again, I'd be like, hey, that's, hey, my, that's, that's my, friend. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I catch myself doing that all the time, and I always have to retract if I say it to people. of Like, oh, that's my friend. I immediately have to say, oh, but they don't know we're friends or something like that, which makes you sound even worse. Yeah. Like, I just had this uh, load-in for my last shoot. And, Sean, you know me. All of the movies I make usually involve fake blood. Mm-hmm. So my whole back seat is filled with fake blood stains. My equipment has fake blood all over it. And this poor young man named Trevor had to help me load my gear onto a cart. And the entire time we're loading, you know, I wasn't thinking about it until I pick up a stand and I see like this fake blood, this little bit kind of like ooze off the ground. Like it's attached to it, so it stretches out. And I was like, oh, he might see some fake blood and be freaked out. So I should tell him. I was like, hey, Trevor. I do a lot of, you know, horror films, so my car might have some fake blood in it. And it was like this slow turn, and he's like, <laughs> who would say that? Now I think it's real blood. Yeah, like, you I know wouldn't who would have been worried about somebody it. with real blood. <laughs> yeah. So, so now he's worried that I'm this crazy killer. Doing uh, Dexter-style videos. Exactly. He starts putting things together. He sees the saran wrap. He sees the gloves. He like, starts noticing the things in my car. He sees the ice cube CD. I like he's to save like, a lot of going half, on? I like to save a lot of half sandwiches. That's why I have the saran wrap. <laughs> So, since long before the quarantine began, yes, I I've been cutting my own hair, and oh, normally, nice. normally I leave it really long. I just sort of shave the sides, I hold it up. Yeah, but I, I trimmed the uh, the top down a little bit, and it doesn't matter because I wear a hat. But I noticed yeah. that when my my hair gets straightened out like this, I have Joe Exotic bangs. <laughs> I don't know if you see this, <laughs> full on, yeah. full on. 
It doesn't look. It doesn't look bad. It's Joe Exotic, sort of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Lloyd, is it Lloyd? Lloyd Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost. It's. It's a shorter bowl cut. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Because yeah. the sides are shaved, so it's not the full bowl. It's the hybrid bowl cut. You're like a fourth bowl. You're a good, healthy serving. Thank you. Of bowl. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've been cutting my own hair, too, to where I'll just grab chunks and take scissors to it. Yeah. Right? And then I realize that the whole back, everything is the entire same length. And then I was like, well, maybe I should try and cut layers. So I would just grab the middle section and start cutting. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare back there. It looks really, really bad. And I realized, oh, I can't style it because it looks really bad. But we uh, put hats on and we go to work. That's 100% the truth. I, I'm at home or I'm at work where when I'm working, I sweat a lot, so I wear hats. Yeah. We're and I still people. sweat a lot. I sweat even more with the hat because it holds in the heat and then I still get big droplets and I look like us during a live show. which is real sweaty um there were two slightly political things i wanted to mention um oh yeah hit me during this transition so this is being recorded on saturday december 5th but last weekend i think it was um with the lawsuits that the outgoing president is filing uh his lawyer is better than any character you or i could ever write i don't know how much you've been watching nothing Rudy Giuliani, who is... Oh, it's Rudy? That's his lawyer? Yeah. I thought he was a mayor. He was a mayor like 20 years ago uh, in New York during 9-11 and has since become a crackpot of a man. But during a rambling press conference alleging things with no evidence about widespread voter fraud and stuff, his hair dye started (laughs) running down his face. On both sides, and it just looks like he's melting. And it's just, there's some great photos out there. But I thought if you like politics aside, this is just, I mean, you're talking about fake blood in a horror movie. If you want to talk about, you know, and what is this guy, a septuagenarian, just reducing himself to a pool of nothing while arguing horrible conspiracy theories, like that's a great character. What word did you just say? Septuagenarian? Yeah. What is septuagenarian? Someone in their 70s. Oh, really? An octogenarian would be someone in their 80s. I just know centennial or centurion. That's somebody who's like a half horse, half man? That's a a centaur. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Centennial's 100. Yeah. Yeah. What's 90? Uh... I'm trying to think. You've got, I got to think of the Gons. Yeah. You've got a Pentagon. Yes. A Sexagon. Well, you have a Hexagon as well. Hexagon. So don't forget about our 50s. Pentagon is the five. Hexagon, That's what I said. Hexagon is six. Yeah, Jesus. Then you've got Septagon <laughs> seven, Octagon eight. Geometry is not my thing. And what my is friend. nine? A nine-dagon. Is it? Yeah. That can't be right. Yeah, it's a uh, anagon, anagon of or, course, or because, nonagon because ent e n t is nine. 
and German. That makes sense. No, that's Sean. I just made that up. And then you've got a decagon, which is ten. But that's not what's. You don't call them decagons, do you? And then that sounds like. And then a hen decagon is eleven, and a dodecagon is twelve. I believe. That sounds right. That's a word that I've heard. I believe at one point in my life in a math class, I wasn't paying attention to. Dodecahedron is a twelve-sided shape. With a twelve-letter name. Whoa! You learn stuff here on the Hardy dude. and Sons podcast. <laughs> I like that though. Dodecahedron. That's sweet sounding. It's a I, good word. I feel so free this episode. Yeah, we're just sort because of all we are over the free. place. We get to do whatever we want. This is a recap where we don't do any recap. <laughs> Here's what happens: the boys make dumb mistakes, and they're Booyah. gonna win. Boom, there's the book. <laughs> that's that's also the the Trump presidency. <laughs> uh, I dare to argue that's any presidency. Yeah, but I think more than any other, we're going to make bad mistakes and overlook things and somehow fail our way to victory. I like that. That's the American way, failing yeah. to victory. Put that, <laughs> put that on a pillow. When will that happen for us, I feel like we've been – well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been failing at this industry for a long time. When does the victory happen? Well, do you mean podcasting or do you mean vi- uh, video production? Video production, but I wouldn't say we failed in, uh, in podcasting. But I was, we, yeah, I was going to say podcasting, we nailed. Podcasting, we're, I feel pretty good about our podcast. Top of the world on podcasting. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're, you've heard, but we've, we've got a writer who's supposed to be writing things uh, about us that he just doesn't seem to do. I'm talking about Brett Hoy. I'm talking about the man who no longer texts us back. I'm talking about the man who got a chest tattoo, and now he thinks he's too good for us. Mr. Cardinal Man himself, Brett Hoy. You should get a tattoo, David. I have a tattoo. I don't believe you, but what's your tattoo? I don't have a tattoo. I don't have anything <laughs> clever. I have a tattoo CD, is what I was going to say, but I was like, but I don't. I'd be lying about that. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, I, I can't lie to you, Sean. I practice radical Anyone candor. else I don't mind lying to, but you, I got to tell the truth to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, well, I do we, too. We are exploring a book series about finding the truth. That's, it would be yes. absolutely hypocritical of us to do anything other than be 100% honest with each other. Sean, also, I just want you to know that the Hardy Boys has taken over my life to where I'm somewhat of an amateur sleuth now. And I recently... Thank you, Sean. Thank you. I've been sleuthing like a madman. And I just entered this... It's a video contest. It was a quarantine video contest. And, you know, you had to make this short film that was less than three minutes. And they had some judges who are judges of um, the competition who made films that I grew up watching. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I could have these people who I loved as a kid watch my film as an adult. So I make a short, and they just release the top 10, the people who are picked for the top 10. But the way they do it is through a live video where one person talks about the film. Well, I got the email that I was in the top 10, and I was like, oh, baby. But it's it's not saying much because there's only, th- like, three or four good ones. <laughs> and there were only 40 people who entered somehow. But Still, okay. that's not nothing. Top 25%. 
Well, thank you, Sean. It feels somewhat, it does feel nice. Uh, watching them watch my video and all smile, like when it ended or when they said the name of my video and seeing them all start chuckling a little bit, that felt really good. Uh, well, they, they got a laugh out of it and that makes me feel good. But there was one video that played and one of the judges who showed no emotion really to the others was all of a sudden super jacked about this one. And, you know, they only let one judge talk about the video and everyone else is on mute. So this judge was on mute, but he was doing all these like hand motions where he was giving thumbs up. Anytime someone said something, he gave thumbs up or he was doing okay. And I was like, this is weird behavior. Why is he doing this? So, Sean, within five minutes of internet sleuthing, I linked this judge to that filmmaker. It was his student at Chapman University. And I said, I'm a sleuth, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I did the Hardy Boy method. You I went looking for clues. I put my ear to the computer and I found them! <laughs> I found my clues, dude! Oh, it felt good. And then I also immediately was like, politics. <laughs> I got this so whole upset. contest is so bureaucratic. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this kid's going to win. And when he does, I'm going to have to sit there and be like, and do I say like, oh, didn't he go to your school? But I was like, no, that's bad sportsmanship. Don't have do you that. ever met them or mentored them before? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I happened to find out that you've been following him on Vimeo for six years. What's this about? Hmm. How did you find that, you creep? <laughs> found these pictures of your kids at school. I, I found out. I know who this judge, like what he's done his life. I found out that he was a mime. He trained with Marcel in, in France. Uh, Is he that was true? In a yeah, I found out all this crazy stuff. And then Maybe I found that's out why he was so good at giving the thumbs up on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed Woo! it. Good callback. Well, I found out that the kid who made the video is like the son of a professional golfer. And I, I found out all this crazy stuff. And I was just like, dude, the internet is awesome. <laughs> this is insane. You can find out anything. I'm going to find out about you before the next episode. You can, uh, and you'll throw find some questions. out. I'll throw some questions out there. There's this site where you rate people. And I'm not lying. There is honestly a site where you rate people one to five. And just on, based on anything? Based on anything. It's it's not appearance, it's not professionalism, it's just It's just one to five. This Whatever this person is to you, you rate them. And I'm a two point five because when I was twenty-three years old, I had to take someone to small claims court because he wouldn't pay me. And he was trying to move to Australia. And I was like, dude, you have got to pay me. I have I need to get paid. So I had to take him to small claims court. And now online, it says, be cautious of this person about me. He has lawsuits. And I'm like, that's not really fair, is it? Because I had to get paid from this person who tried to essentially You don't have lawsuits filed against you. Correct. But it doesn't make that clear. That's It what just a, says what a this person website. has lawsuits or has been to court. Warning. And it's this big red thing. And that person rated me like a zero or whatever the lowest you can. So now one person in the world has rated me. So now I look like this horrendous individual. Dude, send me a link to to your profile on that. And we'll Thank put, you, and, Sean. And, and, well, 
not only will I give you the positive rating you deserve, but I think we should put it out there on Instagram. <laughs> and I think we, you could get from from our entire fan base, you could probably get two or three more positive reviews in there. That's yeah. So we could get me up to maybe like yeah, a four point eight scales here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balance that would this, be amazing. Turd burglar out of here. <laughs> You mean Jerd? Jerd Mergler himself. <laughs> what a callback. What a fantastic callback. Well, I think we should take a little break. Then we'll come back. We'll actually recap the book a little bit. And, Sounds good And then to we'll me. find out what else we're passionate about. Beautiful. And with that? The boys took a break. Oh, we didn't go at the same time. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And we're back. <laughs> nice. Dude, 100 episodes of yeah. analysis of the Hardy Boys book series. That's nothing to scoff at. No, not one bit. Did you expect us to make it this far? Uh, I had I had my suspicions. Yeah. I, this is the... Th- playing chicken, you and I playing chicken creatively... Yeah. ...is a dangerous thing because neither one of us are going to back down off this project. Neither, I was thinking the we same both, thing. We both have so much going on. <laughs> yeah. It would be so easy to be like, you know what? Let's take let's take a year off or like, you know, no one's listening. It's, you know, we're spending hours and hours on this podcast. It nets us no money. Yeah. It's so easy to justify walking away from this. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to either. The joke yeah. is too funny to yeah. me. The, the longer <laughs> it goes so and the less successful it remains. <laughs> yeah. It's so You good. guys stayed on air for 20 years. Podcasts were no longer even a thing. It was hard to find hosting. But just stayed on with no listeners. Why'd you do it? Well, look in the Guinness Book of World Records. That's why we did it. The longest critical analysis ever. Well, looking at what I would say is not our competition, but there is there's another Hardy Boys podcast called the Hardy Boys Drink Book Podcast. Yeah. And and their format, I've only listened to a couple episodes because each episode is a book, a full book. Yeah. And they partner with different uh bartenders Whiskey and br- stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and and they like do drinks that go along with each book. But because of that, I don't want to listen to a an episode of a book we haven't read yet and get all the spoilers, so I'm limited. We're only on That's true. the middle of book four, so I could have only listened to episodes one through three of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but looking at it, there are 30 episodes. Whoa. And we have far eclipsed 30 yeah. episodes, <laughs> <Yeah>. thrice over. <laughs> We have surpassed 30 episodes, and so I can say with confidence that we have spent more time on the analysis of these books than anyone else. I have to agree with you. We are the most uh, thorough with our hearty research. And we Uh, know about the Ghost Riders. The last episode was about a year ago from the Hardy Boys Drink book. And there were, there were four episodes a year ago, and then before that, everything was two years ago, yeah. three years ago. So I don't think they're an active uh, podcast at this point. No, I feel like Which one means, weekend, they're always like, hey, you want to get drunk and read a Hardy Boys book? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, whatever. 
But it means we're the champions, David. Well, yeah, of course we're the champions. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Are we flexing? Let let me switch camera angles so you can really. Oh, dude. Dude. Luca Luca has been doing strong. uh, But instead of this. Oh, he's flexing? Well, instead of this, he just keeps his arms in tight and like. He's a literally little, trembles with like a flex, like an Irish fighter. Yeah, yeah, like a pikey. Yeah, like a pikey. You gotta take his arms and spread them out though, and say, "Boy, you're American." Okay, that's how we flex. We flex like this. We flex like this. Show him, show him some videos of Hulk, Hulk Hogan. That's how you flex. Fight for your rights, American. I don't That's know good. songs. I'm not good with lyrics, but well, I'll, I'll go along with you. chimed in without hesitation, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. That's that's all I can do is chime in without hesitation. Well, to the lesions of new listeners joining us in the middle of season four. Yes, welcome. Our hundredth episode is no doubt a landmark uh, and a milestone and a reason for people to to come on and start listening, and so I think we owe it to them. To bring them up to speed on what's happening in book four, The Missing Chums. The Missing Chums. Because we have done episodes for chapters one through ten, and all of these books have 20 chapters. And uh, wow, what a book what it's a book. been. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been to Shantytown. We've been to Shantytown. We've been to the costume shop. <laughs> we've seen some robberies. Yeah. Um, not just boats, but actual banks. We have used putty to piece together glass bottles. <laughs> All to see a logo that you could have already seen on the broken shards? I think it's... Uh, like, how small were these shards that you couldn't figure out what that logo said? Was I'm trying it to think dust? If, <laughs> I'm trying to think if it's Batman Begins or The Dark Knight... When he like shoots ten bricks and then pieces them together with science, like to visualize the bullet hole in the brick. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's it's the that, dark night. That's the dark night. It is, yeah, because he's in his uh, container storage container underground bunker. Yeah, and, that's uh, the. Is that the all white room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That room's all white. Yeah, everyone's it's all white with there me. now. It's oh nice joke. <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Hey Sean. Yes, David. What weighs more? One hundred pounds of steel or one hundred pounds of feathers? I would say that they weigh the same. A hundred pounds of feathers is heavier because you have the weight of what you did to those poor birds. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Do you mean it? <laughs> What's what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of gold? They're the exact same. Are you you frozen? Did you freeze? Or did you just leave me? Where'd you go? You're frozen. Oh, this is awesome. Is this our first technical difficulty? I thought this is just a fantastic pause. Are you doing something? Oh, yeah. Having trouble connecting. you're frozen, and that's hilarious. Look at that. Sean, I hope that you're still talking, because if you're still talking, then both of us are talking, and some weird things are probably happening right now. I imagine that you're sitting there saying, David, hello, hello, are you there? In which I reply, yes, Sean, I am here, I've always been here, I'm never going to leave. And then you'll text me, and your text will say, did you lose connection, question mark, 
And I responded, Yes. Yes. But I'm still talking. How about you? Yeah, me too. I figured you were still talking. <laughs> I'm going to hit that link and come back in. I'm entering a broadcast studio. So anyways, in the book, this is where Chet Morton has a twin. And the twin is actually uh, Double Chin Morton. And no one knows... What happened to Chet? He's just this ghost person. And uh, what did you make of that scene, John? You know, to me, that is like, it's sort of like a microcosm for the entire series and really the world. Yeah. When you, when you expand upon it. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, it's sort of dealt with the metaverse and the idea of in the future us not having bodies and only being a consciousness in a server and that is insane to think that they knew this in the 1950s when they wrote it they were just so far ahead of their time franklin was a visionary franklin could yeah. should see things he understood what we were capable of and could therefore anticipate what we would create. And I think he's done that spectacularly. I have to agree with you 100%. And the way that Franklin deals with natural selection in his books of weeding out what's considered the fat gene and trying to you know cut that down, trim that out to form this utopian world of you know strictly hardy looking folk who speed up you know their metabolism to where they can eat whatever they want whenever they want without gaining a single pound. Well, and if that... you if you zoom back one book, there's a scene where uh, they almost get killed on the sleuth again, and like the throttle breaks or whatever, and they run it out of gas or something. And mm -hmm. then they take turns swimming it back to Bayport in the ocean. Yes. You're going to burn some calories. You're going to burn, yeah. That, You're going to maintain a, of... a physique with things well, like that. What, what Franklin was dealing with, which is amazing, was a, a process called speciation to where the Hardys were actually evolving into more of Gilmen, almost like Kevin Costner in Waterworld, to where they were able to stay underwater longer, going back to prokaryotic cells. I mean, this is what Franklin, you know, lives in. And he is saying this is how oxygen was formed. This is how the world was formed. I mean, And with we speciation, what mm -hmm. defines speciation is the inability to procreate and produce viable offspring with yes. other species. And I think we can already start to see that these boys will be unable to maintain a relationship and therefore have any sort of, of offspring and families. Exactly. Because they have speciated, as it were. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, this is Franklin just driving home. This is the end of the Hardys, okay? This is your last ride with this family, I mean, they are no longer going to be able to, you know, create. There will be no more children for the Hardys. I mean, when you look at Joe and you really study him, he doesn't even like Iola. It's just a woman that he fancies the most. And that's all he can do is fancy them. 
because and, Franklin, and in Leslie's original book, he says she's all right for a girl. For a girl, exactly. That's what, that's what he, for a human girl. For a human girl. Now, if it was a human fish, it would be a different story. But you know, due to the times, they or, can't or do Or a this. human bird. Or a human bird, exactly. Which, with its feathers, and actually, this brings up an interesting question: What do you think weighs more, a pound of human bird feathers or a pound of gold? Uh, I'm gonna stick with my answer. They weigh. Oh wait, hold on. Pound of feathers or a pound of gold? What weighs more? The exact same, Sean. A pound of feathers, sir. I feel like I heard this in sixth grade, and I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. Gold is measured in twelve ounce pounds. Everything else is sixteen ounces. If you okay, you were holding still right there, in like the same <laughs> position that you froze earlier. Which, by the way, you froze exactly during the pause and the joke, and that that caused our disconnection. But at first, because I said, "What weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of gold?" And you get this and look on your like face, and it freezes, and it took me like fifteen seconds to be like, "Did." David, are, is this a long, thoughtful pause, or are you gone? That's good. Oh, that's so awesome. I oh. can't wait to hear that. I'm sure it's fantastic. We recovered quickly on our first technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't know what scene we were talking about, but we did it. We definitely did it. Well, there wasn't. I quickly, when I realized we were rejoining, I came up with a fake scene. and I, I went with the scene where they think they see Chet on the boat. But it's like this double that's actually not Chet, or so they think. Gotcha. But okay, here we are. The chapter recap. Sean. I'm just going to sprint start through Start us this. off. Yeah. I, I, I want to go as quickly as possible. Uh, chapter one, they get told to go check out Shantytown. Uh, yeah. And, or I'm sorry. They're driving around on oh, a speedboat. Sean. And they it almost get rammed again. by somebody driving a boat called the Black Cat. <laughs> it happened again. And, uh, oh, no. And then they go get told to check out oh, Shantytown. No, and they try to go no, with Chad. No. He hides in the rafters. Um, and then they oh, go to this gorilla party. The same joke uh, again that we just they, they did. Are a costume party. Let's and while there, they, are you frozen again? I'm trying to. You're frozen again, David. I'm just huh. going to do this while you're frozen. I'm going to wait it's for you to come back, to but I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to power you through this. You know what? This. Maybe I'll do this. So they, uh, they go to rent their costumes, it in. and there's a bit of a shakedown you know, happening at the I'll costume shop from some rough-looking customers. And then on their way out, connecting, they grab some connecting. ice cream, and then come they on. see a bank robbery of Reloading. people wearing masks. And sure enough, Reloading. they chase these people I who drive off in a boat, and it turns out the boat they drive off in was the sleuth that these the bank robbers had stolen. Uh, so they figure oh, out man. that they need to go to Shantytown, and there's a link there oh, because they oh, see some of the people who were involved um, at the regatta, which uh, is where they got go. you know chased by the boat. Just a lot of loose ends here uh, thrown, thrown together somewhat haphazardly. But then they, uh, they find Chet's costume, at the gorilla shanty mask town, and the all. gorilla yeah. mask, and turns out people are trying to burn it. Um, and they're they're continuing to look for clues. They go to Northport and they find out that the black cat that tried to ram them, this boat, 
was rented by some people who claim that they've since left town, but they have their suspicions. And these people seem to be linked to the robberies. Um, but they also found uh, the postcard that Chet sent, and it was bought apparently by somebody who had also bought a lot of fizzle soda. <laughs> yeah. Later, when they get back to their boat, they find a bottle and they piece it together to find that this bottle was a bottle of fizzle soda. So from that, they're saying that whoever stole their boat for the bank robbery getaway must have also been the person who bought a postcard, which was given to Chet as a fake we're okay note. Don't come looking for us. So now the bank robbery is linked to the kidnapping of Chet and Biff. And somehow Shantytown is linked into this. And they've seen one of the people from the boat, the black cat that tried to ram them, They've seen that person at Shantytown, and they've got a, a friend in Alf who's, <laughs> who's going to help them out. And when we last left them, um, the boys thought they had seen Chet on a boat, and they're pretty sure they didn't actually after a little scuffle on board. But they get back uh, back to land, and they get a phone call from Chief Colleague who says, we have Alf, and he says he's innocent. He's not a thief. Can you guys come vouch for him? So that is that is the book up until this point. It's that's, a lot that's going on. Yeah, I was this book. I it's think compared lot. to the others, a lot of different plot points. Yeah, um, and if he's taken a month in a cabin to write these, this is clearly book four. He's burnt yeah. out. He's done with his vacation. He's going full all work and no play makes Franklin W. Dixon a dull boy. <laughs> he's he's One having can say problems. A dough boy. Nice. Yeah, because now he's eating bread because yeah. he's hitting the end of that rations. He caught all the fish in his lake. Yeah, he's just a bread man now. So that's the book. That's that's, that's what book. you missed. That's where we're at. I feel like from this episode, you've gotten to learn about David and I, about our professions, about our politics a little bit. You've about our internet connections. About, about our connectivity. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the book. I think you're in good shape. Yeah. And you're good to follow along on more of our wacky antics as we dive into uh, the rest of this wonderful book. And I think if you're cool with it, David, I want to try something, a little segment here um, to allow the listeners to get to know us a little bit. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines. And if anyone anyone calls me right now, uh, I'll I'll put it through and and put you in. You can ask your questions on the podcast right now. So uh, feel free to call in. Go ahead. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay, that makes That's sense. Fine. We'll wait a minute. Yeah, give it a while. Yeah. That's where I have service. Is it your I... internet connection, maybe? I don't know. My battery is low, but that shouldn't affect it. No. We had a radio show in college, Scooter and I. Uh, I may have told this on the podcast before, but we had a magician on the show one time. Ooh, I love magicians. And they did a bunch. Ooh, I'm getting a call. Getting a call. Let's see here. Put you on speaker. Uh, go ahead, caller. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. I was curious, I was curious about, about David. David. Uh, I, uh, hear I hear that he does, that he does really good country, country accent. accent. And, I was, and I was wondering if he would do, if a, he would country do a country accent on the, show. on the show. David, did you hear that? Thank you, caller. Thanks for the call. I did hear that. It uh, was kind of 
in the back. What was he saying? He wants me to do an accent because they love my accent so much. Uh, he wants you to move to another country, I think he said. Oh. He said, if you don't like America, then get out. Then you can get out. We'll tell him I see oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. The whole time. Me, me, me. <laughs> that was my Take Agent Smith. It was a very good Agent Smith. I've been thinking about rewatching those movies. Well, They're... truthfully, the first one. But I don't remember much about the second or third. They're great. You froze again. You froze again, oh, David. God bless. No way. What a, no, what a, what a 100 Is it happening episode. again? I, I could not imagine a better oh, way for this to have gone than the exact way that it's gone with this some solid ridiculous. jokes, some great stories, I some say, venting about our careers. This is all double good stuff. hockey sticks is going on here. I hope you're happy. We took some calls from you. And and now we're here in the in the sunset of this episode, this 100th episode. And I think in my head, I had been building this up to be this momentous occasion. And I'm not I'm not disappointed that I think it was a dismal episode because I don't think there was any way for it to live up to my expectations for like what this celebratory 100th episode should be because we've had celebratory occasions before. And at the end of each season, we've had our live shows and this past virtual live show, I think was absolutely incredible and hard to top. And so when we realized our hundredth episode was coming three episodes ago is when we, when you counted it out and we realized it for me, that was, that was a magic moment. Um, but we didn't have a lot, a lot of time to prepare to do something on par with some of the other, uh, escapades that we've we've created in service of this show so to our listeners to our our fans who are not the same people a huge thank you a genuine thank you for supporting us and texting us occasionally that you've listened to an episode because we we Mm. put our heart and soul into this we put our time into this and it's impactful for that reason so i hope that i hope that you continue to listen and continue to find it entertaining and as always if you have any ideas any questions any anything, go to our website, hardyandsonspodcast.com, fill out the form, reach out. Um, the Jeopardy, I think we're going to do as a finale live show at the end of this season. That'll give us a little bit of time to prepare, a little bit of time to line up a cast um, and to, to put some things in place to let us run the game show efficiently uh, and to learn from our mistakes and make that happen. So thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, if David is somewhere saying goodbye on his recording, I'll edit that in here. But if not, I I will eat. No. It seems extra sad to think of these <laughs> rhymes, these bad rhymes when I'm alone right. versus Come trying on, to do baby. it when David's here to offer that little bit of validation. But... Uh, 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 I'm getting hot trying to think of this. I'm getting a fever. And you could measure it in Kelvin when we get to chapter 11. 
<laughs> I loved that one, and I have no idea if David will like it or not. And we just may never know. I'm big! <laughs> While you were gone, I did some genuine thank yous, some recaps, and ended the episode with a rhyme. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I didn't know if you'd be coming back, so I just I just took it out. Yeah. Um, but I said I would I would obviously include, if you came back, anything you wanted to say to end the episode. Do you have anything you wanted to say to end the episode? Do I have anything I want to say to end the episode? That's a good question. Now, I already did a rhyme. What was the rhyme? Uh, you'll just have to listen to the episode uh, to find I out. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> it's, uh, understand that it's it's amazing. I cannot wait to hear it. No, no. I, I blabbered for a little bit, and then I was just quiet and went off to reset the modem, see what happened. It worked. It Goodbye. did work. I did. So the second cutout, I continued talking for a little bit. You can cut me out, so it's just you giving the book recap. I don't know. We'll see. I want to hear how it sounds with us just... Oh, yeah. It's not a bad idea. In, in a pure cacophony. It was at 52 minutes. Okay. I, I, I made sure to check when I came back what that time was, uh, just so you know. Thank you. I appreciate Easier that. Easier to find. 52 yeah. minutes. I'll look for it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Internet connection today. It's killing me. Well, once again, thanks, listeners. For being listeners, thanks fans for being fans, and I wish more of you were the same people, but I'm kind of glad you're not. Our oh, fans man. aren't listeners, and our listeners aren't fans. Oh, That's what I'm saying. okay. That's I get you now. It. I get you now. That's what you're going for. I'm all. I'm all. Yeah, it's been a. It's been a day. It's definitely been a day. It it's is a day, day Sean. And, it is a day. An early day, but. But we did it. 100 episodes, and I couldn't think of a more fitting. <laughs> fitting episode to really you know, showcase and celebrate our accomplishments than this one right here. I wish that the, this isn't a rhyme. I wish that the shtick or, you know, the whole internet connection thing was actually us just pulling a joke. You know, I wish you know, that we that's came a great up idea with that for idea the future. For an episode. Yeah. 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 Every time it kept happening, I was like, man, this would be an awesome little gimmick for an episode. Of us just having bad connection. Hey, maybe next episode. Maybe next episode. Yeah. I think it'd also be fun to revisit the uh, the we're live in a diner joke or a bar, especially because it's COVID. <laughs> just make us sound like we're in a real, real crowded place. And the whole time just being like, oh, excuse me. No, no, thank you. Oh, no, please yeah. sit down. <coughs> this, this seat's not taken. Achoo. Ooh, my eyes. Ooh. 100 episodes that's it and that's all we do it for yeah. decorations yeah we, we nailed it we nailed it david sir a, thank you sean sir thank you what with, a ride it's been and with that the boys, the boys ended, ended their 100 episode the uh of the <laughs> of the I, podcast i stopped recording me too. what you're gonna say <laughs> Yeah, I'm still going. <laughs> He's out. Sean is out, folks. I'm the only one you can still hear. And with that, David took control as the best host and ended this episode of the podcast. Sean is yelling, but no one can hear him. Awesome.